Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and Patrick Mahomes all took a loss in week one. The Dallas Cowboys looked unstoppable, and so did Tua Tungavailo and the Miami Dolphins. But let's get to the real, real news here in week one of It's a Football Podcast with Aaron Rodgers and his Achilles injury. Uh, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I'm Safa Dean, joined by Tyler Dragon. We are your NFL insiders with USA Today Sports. Uh, Tyler, let's get right to it. Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles on Monday Night Football. Uh, first series of, of the game for him, at least. Um, and after three passing plays, um, obviously a huge, huge disappointment for all of us at home watching. Um, you know, expecting to see a spectacle with, uh, you know, the, the Jets and, and Josh Allen and the Bills um, on Monday night. Um and just a, an amazing spectacle to see how the Jets pulled out that game after such a heartbreak, right? Um, you know, I tore my Achilles before, Tyler, so it's one of those things that when you when it happens to you, you know it happens right away. And I think Aaron Rodgers knew right away, you know, especially in that moment where he kind of sat down on the field and rolled backward like he could not believe it, it happened, especially in that moment. And, uh, you know, now the Jets are looking towards a season without Aaron Rodgers and with Zach Wilson back at quarterback. Um, you know, Tyler, what were some of your first reactions when you saw Aaron Rodgers go down on Monday night? So I'm going to give you my reaction, then I'm going to tell you a, a story that's relatable to this. Um, first of all, you have to feel for Aaron Rodgers. Four plays into his Jets career and for his Achilles to rupture like that, there was so much hype surrounding the game, so much anticipation, so much hope and optimism for not only the Jets team, but their fan base. And for it just to evaporate, snap, literally, in four offensive plays, it's just very sad to see. It's obviously going to be out for the season. You see... Achilles injuries. I mean, they typically eight to 12 months recovery time. And for the Jets, I mean, they had Super Bowl aspirations. They're not a Super Bowl contender without Aaron Rodgers. Can they still be a playoff contender? Yes. But I mean, I really don't see it, especially in an AFC when they have to contend with a lot of the quarterbacks you just mentioned uh, in the AFC in the AFC, then you have, you know, your division to contend with. Tua looked really good this week. Uh, you have to feel that Josh Allen will come back strong. And then that's not to mention the quarterbacks in the AFC North. You got Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and that team. Uh, Deshaun Watson beat the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, and you have to feel like he's going to get better. And then the AFC West, you Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, they're going to bounce back. You feel like the Chargers are going to bounce back. And so its I just really don't see it with the Jets, especially when they have Zach Wilson behind center. Now, he did look better than last year. You can see the Aaron Rodgers influence and the tutoring and the nurturing that he you know helped with uh, ushering Zach Wilson along. But he still has a long way to go as a pocket passer just being able to read defenses, not make huge catastrophic mistakes. If I'm the Jets, I scour the free agent veteran, uh, free agent quarterback market. You have quarterbacks like Carson Wentz, who doesn't excite anybody, but he's a little bit mobile. He's not a stationary quarterback. 
he can, you know, maybe kick around the tires with him. I'm certainly going to call. I know a lot of people have already said this on various shows, uh, a Tom Brady-like quarterback, even though I do not see Tom Brady going uh, to the Jets. Uh, But I definitely would call the New Orleans Saints and try to get Jameis Winston. I tweeted about it uh, last night. I do think uh, Jameis Winston is a quarterback that could be available for the right price. I think he uh, once he learns that system, which is going to take uh, some time, he is an upgrade over Zach Wilson, at quarterback. But you have to feel for the Jets. Their Super Bowl hopes are are done. Uh, they sunk last night, even though they did get the win as a consolation prize. And it's funny that you mentioned that you tore your Achilles because I did that same thing uh, um on a football field, I was playing flag football for a work league at NFL Network. Tore my Achilles, and it's one of the worst injuries uh, for an athlete that you can have. Now, luckily for Aaron Rodgers, it is his left Achilles, and so it's not his plant leg. And so it is. Oh, actually, it is his. Uh, it, it's not his plant leg. So he can still come back from that. However. It's going to take some time because mm-hmm. the, it, the left leg is when you drive off to push and throw the football. So the biggest thing is strengthening your Achilles, but it's going to take about eight to 12 months for that to be fully healed and for him to strengthen that. Um, but I can see him coming back next year because he doesn't want to go out that way. I could see him coming back next year, too. I would agree that he doesn't want to come back or, or leave in that fashion. Um, I also look at the other end of the spectrum, too, in that it takes so much for NFL players to be ready and, and able to play each and every year. And not only is there the preparation of play, there's the actual playing of the games in all 17 weeks if you're going to make it that long in the playoffs. Um, that's an enormous task for any player. And I think it grows even more when you look at guys like Tom Brady and how he endured last year. Last year didn't go Tom Brady's way at all. Um, you know, they weren't competing for a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they barely, I don't even think they made the playoffs, right? When, when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers trying to make a comeback from this and, and play at year 40, uh, um, you know, in this in this NFL, in this day and age where, you know, the edge rushers are coming after him with no regard for human life, right? And I think it's going to be a little bit too much to see right now, for sure. Um, but I do want to say some things about kind of what happened on the field, um, and obviously, the conversation kind of went to the turf, obviously, because MetLife Stadium is a turf field. Um, players have numerous injuries over the course of the years there at that stadium. Um, players are outright, and they definitely deserve to feel how they feel about playing on turf. They hate it. They don't want it. They want NFL owners to buck up and pay for natural grass on all the fields. Um, you know, there, there's the complaint that soccer players – have natural grass and that, you know, some of these stadiums are getting um, used for the World Cup in 2026 are going to have natural grass for the soccer players uh, because FIFA wants it. Um, But NFL owners are not, um, you know, doing that because they want to keep their turf. You know, some teams have the turf like um, like New York, like Indianapolis, um, you know, some other places out there. But I want to say that Aaron Rodgers, I think, maybe hang on to the football a little bit too much. Uh, during his three plays here um, when he was dropping back for passes. 
Aaron Rodgers got hit every single time by a Bills defender when he dropped back for a pass. There was also instances where the Jets offensive linemen were cut blocking, where cut blocking is a technique used so that you can stop an incoming defender from coming, but also the quarterback has to get rid of the football a little bit quicker. Um, and that has to work in unison, and it didn't work in unison in this in this uh, fashion here. Um, so I think there's going to be enough to be said about the turf, yes. Um, but I think when Aaron Rodgers was being pulled to the ground, he was still trying to get away from that Bills defender that pulled him down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was a there was a way that Aaron Rodgers probably maybe felt like he had to do something with the football because look, I think that moment was way too big um, for Aaron Rodgers, and not just to say that he's not experienced or not a four-time MVP and a Super Bowl champion, something that couldn't handle that. But when you have Aaron Rodgers carrying the, you know, the American flag out onto the field before the game, when you have him going over to the sidelines and and, and rubbing shoulders with all the celebrities there, when you have an offseason like the Jets have had where they put all their hope into this guy, you had the hard knock show. You had all the media coverage we've given the Jets over the past year, right? This moment ballooned into something way bigger than it was, right? And it's no way to control that, really. And I think Aaron Rodgers maybe felt the need to do a little bit too much with the football and hold on to the football because all eyes were on him. Um, I think all of those things played a factor um, maybe more or maybe just as much as the turf uh, played a factor in this as well, Tyler. So I have not met a player who has been outspoken about them liking turf uh most of the players i've spoke to about the topic uh prefer playing on grass uh it's softer um it's it's easier to land and plant on um so i feel for the players when you know they call out owners for having turf instead of grass and i'm definitely on the player's side when it comes to that as far as the play itself, you're exactly right. When lineman cut block is designed because a quarterback is going to do a three-step three step drop and get the ball out quickly. Um, Aaron Rodgers, for him as a quarterback, I'm not a fan of that type of play because historically throughout Aaron Rodgers' career, he – if a play is not open, he likes to improvise and move around in the pocket or outside the pocket and throw. And cut blocking, it's not designed for that. And Aaron Rodgers did what Aaron Rodgers has done throughout his career. After the his initial read was not there, following the cut block from the tackles, he tried to extend the play and get outside the pocket. Unfortunately, for a 39-year-old quarterback, getting outside the pocket is a little bit harder and is a little bit more taxing on the body, no matter what type of field you're playing on, than when you're a 20-something-year-old quarterback. And his Achilles snapped when he got tackled. Yes, you can say the turf. Yes, you can say it was the tackle or, or a old age. It's probably, honestly, a combination of them all. But cut blocking, I mean... For, for that type of play, I've been hearing that Aaron Rodgers didn't even like the play. And this mm-hmm. is all speculation. But cut blocking, I mean, why why do that when it's just a three-step drop and it's a quick read 
for him to get out. That's not what Aaron Rodgers is comfortable with doing it anyways. So I just feel like it. a lot of things went wrong. And unfortunately, it's a, a catastrophic result for the New York Jets. And their <laughs> Super Bowl hopes are over. Um, but yeah, it, it's just a, a shame. It, it's very sad to see, but you just hope for Aaron Rodgers' sake that he bounces back just mentally and healthy, his Achilles. And for a football sake, we all hope as football fans, and I hope for the Jets and Aaron Rodgers that he can bounce back and come back and play in the field in 2024. We would all love to see that, I'm sure, Tyler. Uh, let's switch gears here to some of the other great quarterbacks in the AFC. Um, obviously, Josh Allen and the Bills, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs all suffered a loss in Week One. They Hold on, you gonna say you gonna say both. Justin Herbert in that great quarterback makes right? Why? Why would I? Because he's a great quarterback. Okay, I guess. Yeah, mention him. Go ahead. Okay, Justin Herbert and the okay. Chargers also lost okay. as well. Yeah, all see. right. <laughs> I mean, he took a beat down. It took a beat down from the best quarterback in the NFL to a tongue of Iloa. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah, go this ahead. Is this is funny, Tyler, because you and I, we obviously need to talk Dolphins Chargers. I want to save it for later on in the podcast, but I think we should just go ahead and do it right now, Tyler. No, 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 go no, ahead no, do no. it right we, now. We don't, we don't have to do it. I just need you, you brought to it up. You I brought up you to Justin Herbert. I just need you to mention that Herbert is one of, also one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's uh, nobody, ranked above uh, your boy, Tua, by the way. Yeah, nobody choked harder than Justin Herbert he from Sunday. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But go ahead. All right. Let's talk Dolphins Chargers then while we're at it, Tyler. Oh, my goodness. Look, look, Tua Tungavailoa played like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's not. Past week. He had 466 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, When his team had the deficit, he didn't choke like Justin Herbert did. All right. We can talk about the uh, Justin Herbert choked, man. You, You went down the field. You got a field goal to make it 34-30. You couldn't punch it in in the, in the, in the uh, end zone. And then when Tua came back down the field and took the lead, like a Tua, quarterback Tua, is supposed no. to do. Tua did that. Tyreek Hill didn't do anything. Just Tua did it. Yeah, yeah. T- the offensive line Hill didn't did do anything. Like, it, it was just two yeah. players on the field. Yeah, none of, Tua none, none and Tyreek Hill. The Chargers players didn't do any of that either. Tua and Tyreek Hill <laughs> were the only ones on the field. To my point. Two and the Dolphins came down and got the lead, right? They did. And Justin Herbert, you're telling me the play, the intentional grounding play to the right sideline when nobody was there? You're telling me that wasn't a choke job, Tyler? That was um, a moment. Justin Herbert had a moment in this game to take the to get, to take the lead back. The Chargers and the Dolphins had 11 lead changes in their game, hmm. and Justin Herbert did not answer the call in the final minutes of that match. Neither did the rest of the Chargers players Thank to your you. point. Thank you. I, to your I, point. I I always I always get frustrated, not not just by you, Safi. When people <laughs> act like it's just two people in the field in a football field. They're not 22 men in the field. But I have to give the Dolphins credit. They played a very good game. Tua probably played the game of his life and it wasn't even perfect because he threw a pick. Yes. Uh, botched three snaps and what lost two of them. So let's not add, and he should have thrown a couple more picks. Two, two of those were the center's fault. So, so, so Tua did not play a perfect game, contrary to your belief. Mm-hmm. Now, Tyreek Hill was the best player in the field. 
I'm going to give, give him that third most receiving yards in a season opener in NFL history. The Chargers could not keep up with them. He was, it was like he was just running at a totally different speed than anybody else. He was running track and everybody else was race walking. That's how Tyreek Hill <laughs> looked on the field. It was just amazing to witness that at SoFi Stadium because he was easily the best player in the field. Now, to answer your question or to come back at your statement, Justin Herbert did not choke. Now, I will say the Chargers did make a mistake when they ran tempo and hurry up on the, that third and goal. They should have huddled up mm-hmm. and got a play that they were comfortable with that they could have a guaranteed touchdown. When I'm comfortable with something, I'm not going to try to fool a defense. I'm not going to try to get catch a defense off guard. I'm going to huddle up and run a play that I know is going to work and know it's getting touchdown. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't need to do this trick, trickery and try to fool somebody. I'm going to run a play that's my bread and butter that's going to work that's going to give me six. The Chargers didn't do that. They tried to run some cute stuff, play hurry up, and it backfired. They had to kick the field goal. Credit to the Dolphins. They went all the way down the field on mm-hmm. that soft charger secondary. And, and I need to call out J.C. Jackson because he looked Ooh. like Swiss cheese out there. Poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> and and the, char- the Chargers defense did not – couldn't hold water. Dolphins scored. And then on that final series, which you alluded to, Justin Herbert did think he had a running back out there. He shouldn't have thrown the ball. He's fast enough to get away from him. So I get I fault him for that intentional grounding because he should have done something else and should have tried to run Choke away. Down. Now on Choke the two down. on the two sacks, if you watch mm-hmm. the film, the running back missed the block. So I mean, I can't bl- I can't fault Herbert on that. Your running back misses an assignment and you have uh, edge rusher barreling down on you. <laughs> That's not a choke job from Justin Herbert. So anytime uh, offense scores 34 points and you lose, you got to point at the defense because the Chargers have Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, and supposedly Mr. INT, who's supposedly one of the best cornerbacks in NFL and Jason J.C. Jackson. So you have all-star play. Oh, and not to mention Eric Kendricks, who's a pro bowler type linebacker. Mm-hmm. And you give up 36 points. I'm pointing the blame. And, oh, and you have Brandon Staley, who's a defensive-minded head coach. Mm-hmm. I'm pointing yeah. the blame at the Chargers defense. Yeah, and I'm giving all the praise to Tua Tagovailoa and Mike mm-hmm. McDaniel and Tyreek Hill and the rest of the Dolphins players as well. Uh, look, all those defensive players you just mentioned, man, Tua torched them all. Tyreek Hill did too. Can agree to both those points, Tyler. Who is going um, to get offensive player of the week in the AFC? Tua or uh, Tyreek Hill? Oh, that's a good question. It's going to be a really Tyree good question. It's, it's not going to be Justin Herbert. That's for sure. Gonna be, it's going to be Tyreek Hill. You know who wins the worst performance of week one? Don't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm about to say. Well, look, I I some say I'll take a, I'll take a step back and I'll say this too, Tyler. There, this was a game between. Dolphins first time uh, defensive coordinator Vic Vangio and you saw the Chargers run all over the Dolphins defense they left plenty to be desired and this was the first game for Kellen Moore as the Chargers offensive coordinator in a new role this is why Brandon Staley kept his job right because they had to hire a new offensive coordinator and in a pressing moment when the, the game was on the line all those guys on the offense didn't deliver right 
Austin Eckler was also dealing with an ankle injury later on in that game as well. That played a huge factor for the Chargers. Um, so I think both teams are going to really improve from this game. I think the Chargers have a lot of room for improvement. They showed it. They have a defense that can play really well. The secondary has a lot of holes in it. Um, poor Jason uh, J.C. Jackson got picked on the entire game by Tua and Tyreek Hill. Um, and Tyreek Hill is a generational talent, Tyler. Um, he put his claim out there that he's the best receiver in the NFL. He might be better than Justin Jefferson, depending on who you ask. Um, but I think Tyreek Hill is a you know future Hall of Famer because of how dynamic of a playmaker he is at his size, his speed. We're never going to see a player like Tyreek Hill again in this league um, because of what he does on the field. You said it yourself after seeing him fly all over the place on Sunday. Um, but look, one of these quarterbacks is in the MVP conversation after week one, and it isn't Justin Herbert. It's week one, keyword. Week one. <laughs> week one. Tyler, let's go over to the, the original topic we were going to talk about. All these guys that took an L in week one. Your boy Justin Herbert, first of all. You like that there, huh? We got Josh Allen in the mix as well. We got Joe Burrow in the mix as well. And both of our boys, Patrick Mahomes, also took a loss in week one. Uh, Tyler, which team should be concerned the most after their week one loss out of these four? The Bills? the Bengals, the Chargers, or the Chiefs? So I want to ask you a question first. Which quarterback looked the worst out of those Justin Herbert? No, I'm just kidding. It had to be Josh I'm, Allen. It had really? To be Josh because Allen. I think it's close. And Joe Burrow did you not look good. Close. Joe Burrow okay. did not. He threw for career-worst, what, 82 yeah. yards? Yes, he didn't he look did. now. Granted, it was raining. The conditions were bad. But Joe Burrow looked bad. Now – Missed all the training camp too with the calf yes. injury. So that's so that is why I'm going to say Josh Allen looked worse because he had four turnovers, three interceptions, and Joe Burrow needs some time to you know knock off the rust. He was kind of rusty at the beginning of last year too. So yeah, I, you give him a little bit of a pass for uh, his performance. Um, I'm concerned about the Bills the most because. Josh Allen has shown that he is reckless with the football. And this is a carryover from last year. Mm-hmm. And the Bills offense is very reliant on him and Stefan Diggs. And if those two aren't having a monster game, then they're either uh, in a nail biter or they lose. Mm-hmm. And that is a concern for me. And their defense it isn't that great. Like, you don't, you know, the Bills defense doesn't scare anybody. But to be, I think you're going to go with the Bills too. So to be a little bit different, I am going to say the Chiefs as well. And the reason why I say the Chiefs is this is a concern that I've expressed on this podcast before. I've said all off season, they do not have a number one wide receiver who can separate from coverage and who opposing defenses are scared of. And that was highlighted in week one. I mean, you have receivers dropping the ball, Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore couldn't get open, Rasheed Rice. I mean, he caught a touchdown, but, I mean, he still needs time to, you know, develop into a legitimate receiver. And I look at those receivers, and it's it's going to be a waiting game to see if those receivers can develop into a go-to wide receiver. Now, yes, Travis Kelsey is going to help when he's on the field, but Travis Kelsey is a tight end and he is not a receiver. 
And even though he's going to take off some of the pressure from those receivers, if those receivers can't separate from coverage and can't get open, I don't care who you have at tight end. It's not going to work. And we all saw Tyreek Hill. The Chiefs lost him. And then I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster gets enough praise because he was the, the Chiefs' number one receiver last year. There's a reason why only two players had over 100 targets for the Chiefs last year, Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster, because he can separate from coverage and he's a number one caliber type receiver. No, he's not a superstar, but he's a receiver that you can rely on. You can put an outside and he can get open. The Chiefs right now don't really have that on the outside. So that is a concern for me because that problem is not going anywhere. You know, I'm of of these four teams, the Bills, the Bengals, the Chargers, and the Chiefs, I'm least worried about the Chiefs. I, I hear all your points, Tyler, and I think all those guys, all those receivers are going to kind of get it together with more time in practice and more games with with reps together. Look, Kadarius Tony had a bad game, yes. He had three bad drops, yes. He also was a player that did not train in all of training camp. Um, because he had a meniscus injury. Um, all those things will come with time. The reps will come with time. The opportunities will come with time. Kadarius Tony, if we don't remember a couple months ago, Tyler, helped win the Super Bowl for the Chiefs. Does your uh, knee affect your hands? It, it all does. It all. I think everything, I think repetition and doing things and being in a rust all – Oh, all have okay. effect of, of those things. Your boy oh. Justin Herbert was rusty, if you want to say rust. Oh. Um, but look, I think I think Kadarius Tony Tony turns it around. Look, this guy had a kick return and a touchdown that helped the Chiefs win the Super Bowl against the Eagles a couple months ago. He's going to turn it around. I think the Chiefs found something in Rasheed Rice. Um, he was definitely off my radar radar before this game. Uh, Sky Moore also did not get enough uh, discredit compared to what Kadarius Tony did. But he had a bad game as well. Mm-hmm. And look, when Travis Kelsey comes back, hopefully he comes back in week two, we'll see about this hyperextended knee. But, you know, we saw this last year with the Chiefs, and we said the same thing about them without Tyreek Hill. And what did they go do, Tyler? They went and won the Super Bowl. They got the biggest actor in the NFL in Patrick Mahomes. And Travis Kelsey is their number one wide receiver. Sure, he plays tight end. But when Travis Kelsey is in the middle of the field and he's getting a safety and a linebacker and a nickel corner all looking at him, all those things open up holes for guys like Katerius Tony and Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore and Marquez Valdez Scantling, um, who also is in the mix too. And you got to like the Chiefs' run game. They got three running backs back there. You got to hope a little bit more for the offensive line, sure. But I'm least worried about the Chiefs, and I'm most worried about the Buffalo Bills. Um, Josh Allen is the most turnover-prone quarterback in the NFL, and that's just not a statement. It's fact. Since 2018, when he entered the league, Josh Allen has 84 turnovers. No player in the NFL has more. Um, Josh Allen has a penchant of being Superman and wearing that S on his chest and and doing everything he possibly can to help the Bills win. And when Josh Allen is on fire and when Josh Allen is running over dudes and they're getting the first down and they're holding the ball, he looks like a genius. He looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And when he has a game like last night and like last year as well, where we see him kind of just lose to the Jets in New York, uh, I don't know what it is about that stadium. Maybe it's the turf. Who knows? But look, Josh Allen, 
plays a little bit above his means because he has to, Tyler. You mentioned all those things. Stephon Diggs is the only true target that he has. Uh, the rookie uh, tight end, Kincaid, caught some passes, and James Cook looked really good, you know, running the ball. They don't have a backup running back, really. Damon Harris, who knows what you get out of him. Gabe Davis was kind of a no-show doing cardio out there last night against the Jets. Um, Stephon Diggs is only a matter of time before he blows his casket on Josh Allen on the sideline again, right? Um, and when I look at this Bills franchise, I think the window for them opened was was really, really open two years ago when they lost to the Chiefs in the AFC title game. And I think in the past two years with them losing Brian Dable to the Giants last year and then losing Leslie Frazier on defense as defensive coordinator this year, along with some of those secondary players getting older, along with not having enough pieces on offense. I think when you take those layers away from the onion in Buffalo, I think the window is closing or is, is, is a little bit more closed than it was open for Buffalo. That's why I'm a little bit more worried about them after week one. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on several of your points, the bills, they did not look good. And when you look at that division, I feel like the Dolphins had a huge uh, win in, on Monday night because Aaron Rodgers is out for the season. The Bills look like they got worse from last year, and they're looking like the team in the AFC uh, East. Who's the um, best quarterback in that division, Tyler? Josh Allen still. Turn Josh on Allen. Josh Allen? Yeah, he's better than Tua. All right, stand on that. And, and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers with one Achilles is better than Tua. No, get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Man, what do you have against Tua, bro? I, two is fine. Two is fine, but you you overrate him like he's you? top five. No, he's not top five. Uh, he was number one. He's, this he's week. not top ten. He was number he, one this week. He did he did he did good. He has Tyree Kill. Okay, yeah. Anybody should do really good with Tyree Kill. Yes. And he's got him. Yes, he he has him. Tua did he's very good. Him. He deserves some praise. Congratulations for that win. Uh, he did played an excellent game. However, I'll take that from you, Tyler. He, he's not a top ten quarterback. We'll see, Tyler. We'll see. It's going to be a long season, especially between me and you here. <laughs> it's a football podcast, uh, Tyler. Let's go over to the NFC, and I have a feeling this is going to be the podcast all season long. We're not going to talk about the NFC at all. Man. <laughs> it's all about the AFC. It's an AFC football podcast. Hey, I'm going to an reading. NFC game this weekend. Oh, yeah, who are you going to go see? 49ers and Rams. That's a great matchup, and we'll talk about our matchups later on in the show. Tyler, where did the Cowboys stand in the NFC, man? The Cowboys have always been the laughing stock, not only in our podcast, but in the NFL. But when you go and drub the New York Giants 40-0 to on Sunday Night Football, when your special teams is playing really well, when your offense did not too bad because it didn't have to do that much work, and when your defense is shutting down the opposition like that, I think the Cowboys might be for real this year. Maybe I'm hyping them up. But, Tyler, how do you feel about Dallas after week one? So we were joking about the NFC. But after week one, the two best performances I saw from teams came from the NFC the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys for the Dallas Cowboys to put a beat down on the New York giants in New York, 40 to nothing. That defense looked amazing. Like the best defense in the NFL, Micah Parsons, he easily the early favorite for NFL uh, defensive player of the year. 
that defense had Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and that Giants offense looking like a, a little league Pop Warner team. It was just terrible. They could not get anything going. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense didn't have to do much because it was like, all right, our defense is the star of the show, yeah. and y'all just take <laughs> over the game, and we'll just get in where we fit in sure. because we know the defense is legit. I mean, shout out to the Dallas Cowboys. They look very, very good on Sunday night. I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I got done with the Dolphins-Chargers game, and I saw the score already. I mean, this it was over in the first half. It was the game over. Was o- the game was over in the first half. <laughs> the Cowboys, it's either between them or the San Francisco 49ers. If all the NFL power rankings that come out, yeah, all around all these websites, all these publications. Uh huh. 49ers should be number one, Dallas Cowboys number two after week one. What about the Philadelphia Eagles, Tyler? The Philadelphia Eagles, they didn't have a statement type game, they played okay, but sure. I would have liked them to have a more emphatic win over the uh, New England Patriots. But I, I still have them in the mix. But I mean, though, you can put the Philadelphia Eagles right after the Dallas Cowboys and the 49ers mm-hmm. as the three best performances. And then I'll even put the Dolphins in there as the three, the four best performances overall for sure. in week one. Wow. We'll, we'll take that as a con- uh, consolidation prize from you, Tyler. Thank you. Wow. I can't believe that. Dolphins. It's, it's, it's week one. They're not going to be in the mix at the end of the season. All right. We'll see. It's, it's a long season. It's a long they season. definitely won't be in Vegas. What do you mean we won't be in Vegas? <laughs> Dolphins won't be in Vegas. They might be the uh, as a spectator. Well, I hope we can all get to Vegas this year, Tyler. Uh, look, going back to the Cowboys, look, 40-0 to zero is a statement win for sure. Probably the biggest statement this weekend, I would say. Um, the defense really showed up. Like you mentioned, Micah Parsons, early defensive player of the year. I definitely like that. Um, I, I got to see the Cowboys do it against everybody else. Um, I think the 49ers win was really, really impressive, too. I mean, to go in Pittsburgh and you're up 17-0 in the first half, um, Brock Purdy hasn't skipped a beat, um, you know, even though he's coming back from that elbow injury. Uh, to do that to the Steelers, what they did, um, and, you know, Christian McCaffrey make, having that touchdown run as well too. San Francisco had a statement win as well. I look at the uh, the Lions and I look at the Buccaneers too, Tyler. We didn't talk about Tampa Bay at all, but to go into Minnesota and win that game, that was huge. That that changes all the outlook in, in Tampa Bay a little bit, a little bit. Maybe you win a couple more games than you should um, have because you have something good really re- around you. Um, I think Detroit made a big statement on opening night, but I will say this about the Eagles specifically. 25-20 uh, to 20 win over New England. Sure, wasn't emphatic, yeah, but Jalen Hurts went up against Bill Belichick's defense, and he came out with a win. And – you know, for everything that quarterback has kind of gone through in the NFL here, um, you know, for Philly to come out of New England with that kind of win against that kind of coach against, you know, obviously, you know, the greatest uh, of all time as a coach in Bill Belichick. But that defense, it's a really, really multiple scheme defense that confuses people. It's a reason why that score was low. It's a reason why every Patriots game is in the 20s. Um, I think that was a big win, too. And it's right. And for me, I still think the Eagles are the favorite in the NFC. Um, I know they lost a bunch of layers. Like we talk about Buffalo's layers losing, you know, you lose both coordinators. Um, you know, maybe you don't have some players that you had from the, for the runs of the Super Bowl last year. But I still think 
the four, the Eagles kind of have the edge over the 49ers and the Cowboys in this uh, conference. Um, but like you said, it's week one. We still have plenty of more football to see. I agree with you, but I was just uh, talking about uh, the performances after week one. I do believe the Eagles um, are going to be the last team standing in the NFC when it's all said and done uh, after the regular season. But just strictly off performances from week one, I have to give it to the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys as the best performances uh, after one week. I mean, they just made statements after their week one victories. Um, I do not believe the Eagles made that that emphatic statement. However, they did get a win against a Bill Belichick-led team, and that there's no shame in that at all. Uh, so, yeah, the Eagles, they're going to be there when it's all said and done, in my opinion. Cool. All right, guys, it's our favorite part of the podcast where we give you our NFL picks for week two. We pick five games that really stick out to us, and me and Tyler uh, make dinner bets that we never, ever cash. All right? <laughs> uh, Tyler, after week one, um, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope you go back and look at the record. You were one and four last week, Tyler. I was, I was, I think, three and two. I was three and two last week, uh, Tyler. I, I had a bad tough. start, man. I had a tough week, but see, uh, if you remember from podcasts in previous years, I typically start like you saying, Bolt. I'm a little oh, okay, bit slow, okay. I'm slow out the blocks. Sure. But then my my drive phase and my acceleration phase are out of this world, and I yeah. just catch everybody, and I win. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a slow start, but my drive and acceleration, the middle of the season to end, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna be good. You saying Bolt like? I can't wait for that New York strip at Prime 112 uh, for this Dolphins Chargers uh, win that I got from last week. What Tyler, about last year's in- bet? I don't know what you're talking about. Tyler, let's no. get into week two. Week two picks, uh, Thursday night football. We got the Minnesota Vikings coming off a loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. This is a rematch of a game from last year. I believe this is a week two game as well. Um, Eagles obviously won this game because they started last season with a bunch of victories. Um, and start undefeated. Um, but this is a 0-1 Vikings team going against uh, Philly in a big, big NFC matchup on Thursday Night Football. Great matchup. Tyler, who you got in this one? The Vikings got worse this year. They lost some players on defense. They lost some players on offense. The Eagles are my NFC favorite. They're at home, home opener. Fly, Eagles, fly. I got the Eagles. Yeah, I'm definitely going to take the Eagles in this one, too. I, um, I'll i be interested to see if Justin Jefferson and Darius Slay go back-to-back, um, you know, like they did last last uh, year in that matchup. But um, the Vikings did lose Dalvin Cook, and I think the run game suffered a little bit. And with Philly, even though they got past New England here, I think they still have a lot of juice offensively. And this could be a high-scoring game. We'll see. All right, let's get into our second game. We got the Las Vegas Raiders who edged out a 17-16 victory over Sean Payne and the Denver Broncos on Sunday, going to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills, um, who are coming off a loss to the Jets in week one. Tyler, this could be a sneaky good game, man, because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and Josh McDaniel got off to a pretty decent start. Um, you know, hopefully Jacoby Myers is okay after the injury that he suffered in that game. But to go into Denver and to beat Denver, in week one was a big showing. I don't know if they're going to go across the country and do this in Buffalo as well. 
Um, Tyler, I'm going to pick the Bills to win in this one. I think Josh Allen rebounds. He's still going to have a turnover or two to make us itch our head a little bit, but I'm taking the Bills over the Raiders in, in, in this one. The Raiders surprised me a little bit last week. I got to be honest with you. I didn't expect them to go in, uh, in Denver and beat the Broncos. Uh, I agree with you on this one, too. I think the Bills have revenge on their mind. They had a terrible performance, particularly Josh Allen in week one. Uh, now they're at home to get some home cooking, got the uh, rowdy fans in Buffalo. They're going to get this win. The Raiders got to travel across country. That's no fun. Playing a different time zone. Yeah, Bills win. All right, Tyler, let's go over to your favorite division in all of football, the NFC, uh, AFC North. The AFC North, excuse me. We got the Baltimore Ravens coming off a 25-9 to victory over the Houston Texans. Um, Lamar Jackson looked okay, but lost J.K. Dobbins, a couple other injuries that the Ravens have to deal with going into this game on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals, who are obviously coming off of their loss to the Browns. Tyler, who are you liking this one? This is a hard game to pick for me. I believe you're going to go the safe route and pick the Bengals. And I need to catch you from last week. <laughs> I, I, my, I believe the Bengals are going to win, but since I'm going to be strategic, I'm going to pick the Ravens. And I'm going to oh. say Lamar Jackson is going to have a breakout game. Mm. He's going to run all over the Bengals. The Ravens offense is going to be better. And their defense is going to figure out a way to get after uh, Joe Burrow and kind of contain that high-powered offense. And Joe Burrow still needs a couple weeks to, you know, knock the rust off. So I got the Ravens, mainly because I need to catch you in the NFL picks. You, you want to <laughs> make you want to make a change? If you want to make a change, let me know right now because I'm, I'm taking Baltimore in this one. You're taking Baltimore. I'm gonna take Baltimore in this one. I think Lamar Jackson has a, a, a monster game, exactly like you said. Wow. I think Zay Flowers had a really good showing in his first game. He's going to be the next um, the next big player for Baltimore. Um, I don't like the running game at all, but Gus Edwards fills in really nicely, as he has always mm-hmm. done the last couple of years. Um, Baltimore looks a little bit more put together to me than since he does right now. Sure, the body of work for the Bengals <laughs> is what it is, right? And I think those guys will get their – Mojo back for sure. T. Higgins had a horrible game. Jamar Chase had a horrible game. Joe Burrow had a horrible game. Those guys definitely are going to want to come back and 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 play really well, um, especially in their home opener. But I think Baltimore is a little bit more put together, man. So I'm going to take Baltimore, and I'm going to give you this chance right now, Tyler. Do you want to switch your pick to Cincy? I think you're trying to trick me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. say I'm gonna stay with the Ravens. I'm gonna stay with the Ravens. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna do another uh, curveball. Soon. Hey, let's 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 take the L together next week, Dad. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, big game down in Jacksonville, Tyler. We got the Kansas City Chiefs going to visit the Jaguars. This is a big game for Kansas City. We'll see if Ty, uh, Travis Kelsey comes back in this one. Obviously, dealing with that hyperextended knee. We'll see how he practices this week. Um, going up against Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, who took care of business in Indianapolis last week with a win. Uh, Tyler, who you got in this game, man? All right, so I'm hoping you pick the Jaguars. I'm going to say that <laughs> right now. <laughs> the Jaguars actually played very well against the Chiefs in the playoffs. And yeah. with a couple 
bad bounces go their way, they they we could be talking about a different Super Bowl champion last year. Um, however, I say that, and I still believe the Kansas City Chiefs figure out a way to get the win on the road against a very good Jaguars team. I really like the addition of Calvin Ridley. He's already looking like a number one receiver and has a rapport with Trevor Lawrence. Um, but the Chiefs, who they get back? Chris Jones. Okay. One of the best defensive tackles in football uh, outside of Aaron Donald. I think the Chiefs win this game. All right, Tyler, I'm going to do exactly what you said. I'm taking Jacksonville in this game, but I'm actually taking Jacksonville. All right. I'm actually taking Jacksonville. Chiefs going on too, man. Look, um, you don't know if you're going to have Kelsey back. And Chris Jones ain't coming back in Super Bowl form. I'll tell you that much right now. He can be in shape all he wants. He's going to be rusty like Joe Burrow, going to be rusty like Justin Herbert, going to be rusty like Josh Allen, like all those other guys. Um, he's going to have a limited workload, kind of like how Nick Bosa had last week with the 49ers after his mega deal. Um, we didn't even talk about Chris Jones' deal at all. That's another story for another day. But I'm taking the Jaguars in this one, man. I think Calvin really looks like an absolute monster. I think Travis Entian played really well. There was one play in that game where Ridley caught a pass on the outside, and Travis Entian was running from the backfield to block for – Calvin Ridley in the open field. I'll take that. I'll take an effort play like that all day, every day. I think the Chiefs still have a lot of kinks to iron out, and I don't think it happens in Jacksonville this week. I'm very happy you picked Jacksonville. Thank you. Tyler, I'm trying to take a huge lead out here on this picks column. Uh, Tyler, big game you're going to be at this week, San Francisco 49ers at the Los Angeles Rams. Man, it's funny because it felt like Kyle Shanahan had a whole stranglehold on this for a little while right over Sean McVay and the Rams. And uh, these guys like to go back and forth every single time they play. The Rams surprised me with their win against the Seahawks last week. Um, I did not pick them winning, um, but I still don't like them against that 49ers defense. And I don't um, – I, I think 49ers offense is, is much more improved this year, and we're going to see it in this game. I'm taking San Francisco in this one, Tyler. Yeah, that's a smart pick. The Rams haven't beat the 49ers in a regular season since 2018. Uh, Their last victory came in the playoffs uh, on the way to the Super Bowl. But in the regular season, the 49ers have had their number. They've dominated the matchup. I think Mm -hmm. that domination continues, and the 49ers win big in SoFi Stadium. So the L.A. teams are 0-2 in home openers this year. And, yes, the Bay beats L.A. (laughs) (laughs) we love we love our old school jokes from season one of it's a football podcast guys thanks so much for tuning in to another edition we really really appreciate it you guys are listening already but please tell a friend to go on apple google uh your favorite place to get your podcasts we are there for you guys and also if you haven't already download the usa today sports plus app it's a sports only app for you to use you can pick your favorite teams and get news and updates by the minute on the usa today sports plus app guys thanks for tuning in we're going to count up our votes and picks for this week and be back next week with another edition thanks for listening